1: We we'll start right
2: at the back and we we'll go around that way. So, give her a big round of applause. Stand up and share your question nice and loud. Um, right,
1: so my question is um, how to manage time wisely. Wow. Uh, yeah. I'm always busy, but I'm actually busy doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get anything done, but I'm running around like a heck of chickens. Okay, so the thing is, you've answered it yourself. You said, I'm busy doing nothing. And the reason being is you're not bringing the structure to the day. The one thing that I teach a lot of our Club Circle clients is to make sure that you prioritize your time the night before. Many of you are mm-hmm. going into days and you're just attacking the day. What's happening is you're reacting, you're not responding. Responding means when you're in control. You need to set those three turbo tasks every night before you start the day and say, tomorrow, what's a successful day going to look like? What three things can I do in order for me to achieve that day? And that way, that's going to keep you in track.
2: Well, to be honest, Ross has answered the question perfectly for you. One of the things that one of my first mentors a guy called Michael Ball, and I was the most horrendously organized person you'll ever meet in your life. I worked at Ford at this point, and he was my boss. He was a real disciplinarian. And I was really, really good with the customers, really good with the clients. I was really good at sales, good at all of that. I was horrendous at managing my time. I never, you know, I was really bad. And he just pulled me in. He said, right, this is the situation, Adam. You sell the most, but we are, we're not going to you to work in this business the way you're doing it. You need to change. So I said, well, tell me what to do because I know what to do. So I was like 19 at the time. And he said, well, Ross just told you, exactly what Ross just told you. He said, right, you've got a choice. You either never leave this business and go home until you know exactly what you're doing the next day or you get in early and you have a plan for what you're going to do for during the day. He said, that is the one thing. And you have to write it down. You have to make sure that you have a written plan. How many of you got my planner? I mean, you got my planner? Raise your hands. Any of you got it? I created this planner, which some of you will have, even though you're not putting your hands up, right? Because we we gave some of these away on the webinars. And literally, it's got a thing called time blocking in it. And what that means is you literally block out the time for your tasks of what you've got to do. And I never run out of time. Time isn't a problem for me. And I manage multiple businesses and have 15,000 clients. I still don't run out of time. And I still pick myself up from school. And I still have him all weekend. I don't have any problems with time because I'm organized. So it's about planning, and it's about realizing it's a weakness. Whenever you realize you've got a weakness, you need to do what you just did and ask for help, and that's a good tip that Ross has given you. So that's what I would say, okay? So start planning it out and start looking at your timings, all right? Good stuff. Next one.
1: What is the cheapest outreach cost per lead you can get on Facebook and Instagram that mm-hmm. you can teach me to do
2: as well? Cost per lead doesn't really matter, all right? The thing that matters is cost per acquisition, okay? How much does it cost you to get a sale? Right, that's what matters. Because once you've got that number, so I'll give you an example. Let's say in advertising spend it costs you a hundred pounds to get a sale, all right, and you sell something for a tenner. How much have you made or lost? Is that good? That's no, bad. That's right, really bad. Okay. What if it costs you a hundred pounds to get a sale and you sold them something that was ten thousand pounds? Is that good? Okay. How much you made? The only thing that matters is return on investment. That's what I'm trying to demonstrate to you. You need to work out what is your – when you will create wealth, Like anyone in this room, I don't care where you're at now, I don't care where you're starting from, you will create wealth for your businesses and for you personally when you can learn to buy clients. When you can buy clients, it's the easiest thing in the world, go and build a business, all right? So, the number that you've got to zone in on is what's your cost per acquisition. How much is it costing you to get a client to buy your product or service, right? And how much do you, how much return investment do you make? And then we'll do more on this tomorrow where we look at front-end and back-end incomes, all right? So, zoning on that. So, I'm asking you a question back. You need to know that number, okay? Because the cost per lead don't matter. You can get leads for a pound, but if it takes you 100 leads, 100 bad leads for you to sell one, your cost per acquisition is 100 quid. And you could get leads for 10 pounds, all right? And you only need two to sell one. Then your cost per acquisition is 20 quid. Do you understand what I mean? So the cost per lead really doesn't really matter. It's the cost per acquisition thats. Fastest way to create wealth. Write us down. All right? You want, how many of you do want to become a millionaire in this room? Okay? Like seriously, yeah? So a lot of you are not raising your hands. That's okay. We don't listen to this bit then. All right. But if you want to become a millionaire in this room and you want to make millions of pounds, there's only one thing you need to do. You need to turn advertising into profit and you'll become a millionaire. As soon as you can spend money on advertising and make more money back, and let me tell you, that is exactly how I became a millionaire, by turning advertising into profit. That's all I did, okay? And you do exactly the same. As soon as you work out how do I buy clients at a profitable rate, you can have as many of them as you want.
1: I'm into the funeral business. I ran able to bike in a side crowd It was funded by my late husband, he passed away two years ago. So since then, I've been running the business for two years now. And we've got 15 hair sets. And sometimes we're building a new one as well. And sometimes I have so much to do that I get overwhelmed. And I please, I don't do anything. I go to the health club instead. So
2: When you're getting overwhelmed, that's where I think coaching comes in. If you seriously have got too much going on, when you're growing a business like that and you've got 15 hearses, you've got clients, you've got people to look after, you need somebody to bounce your ideas off because your brain will be overloading. You need to be able to say to someone, right, listen, this is where I'm at. I'm just not doing anything because I've just got too much going on. I don't know where to start. And the answer will come within 15 seconds, right, bang, do this, and you go, thank God. And then you'll get on with it and you won't get overwhelmed. That would be the easiest way out of it. So I would say coaching would help you.
1: Success is not a secret, it's a strategy. Yeah. And you've implemented the strategy before, it's got you to the success you're at. Now we need to carry on that success. So we need to implement what you've done before, get yourself a coach, we'll support you, and that way you've always got that there, someone to keep you accountable, keep you on track, and most importantly, so you have some headspace because you can't do it all on your own. Who's fed up trying to do things all on their own? Which I am. That's it. How to reach B2B?
2: customers, like B2B clients for my product? Okay, so if it's B2B, one of the fastest, easiest ways is list buying. It depends on what resources you've got. I'll potentially go and buy a list of the target audience that you want, right? I would then either use that list within social media for retargeting and marketing to those people, or I would use that list to put people on the phones to call them and prospect them. So my answer would be list buying when it's B2B, or again, using social media advertising and build your own list of incoming inquiries.
1: Yeah, so one of our coaching clients, we worked with very closely. Once you implemented the strategy, part of that strategy was literally sending emails out to B2B and yeah. getting on the phone, chasing up the email, sending you the details over and making those connections, building that relationship. That was part of the strategy. But yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, list buying's really you can go and get. So this works really well when you've got a you know who your ideal client is. Let's say that you are B2B for software businesses. Well, you just go and buy a list of every software business in the countries that you want to operate in, which they're all there. You can go and buy that list, and then you go and prospect that list, and you get the clients that you want because you get the message to the right person. Remember, great marketing is getting the right message to the right person at the right time. That's what great marketing is, and it helps if we start with the right person.
1: I have a building product which is going to help kids, working women, and housewives, and so many people Mm -hmm. in the country. I have a great brand, I have a setup, and I'm spending my own money. Currently, I'm looking for the investors and the big contacts. Can you help me? Yeah, so this is all about what we said at the beginning this morning. Your success equals your circle. You have to become part of the right circle. It's going to give you access to that exclusive network, give you those connections, and most importantly, put you in front of those people that can really have an influence. You've really got to start to work out who's got access to my marketplace, what circle do I need to be part of, and that's what's going to accelerate things for you. Otherwise, and Adam talks about this, it's like a baby with a machine gun. You're going to go out there trying to speak to everyone, trying to attract everyone. Not everyone is your market. Work out who your market is, work out who has access to your market, and then approach those people. Become part of the right circle, get the exclusive network, get the connections, and that will make things boom for you.
2: Absolutely. What we need to, Ross, is exactly right. Focus in on who could benefit from being a part of what you do, right? Who could benefit? You want to be – there's no point just going everywhere you go going, I need an investor, and hoping that someone in this room turns around and goes, oh, I'll invest in you. It just do not work like that. What you need to do is the right message to the right person, okay, somebody that cares, somebody who's got a joint mission, you know, and, and potentially, we, you know, when we know more about the idea, we might be able to introduce you to that type of person if it is if it is viable. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I've uh, spent a lot of money on some retail products for salon, but with online, I'm struggling to make profit on it because it's cheaper online. Yeah. So, how would I go down the road and maybe try to have uh, my own kind of brand? What products? Um, like shampoos and hair styling products.
2: How would you go down the the route? Yeah, because
1: okay. so I was thinking because I'm not really making profit on it.
2: Yeah, so you're selling somebody else's product. Yeah,
1: yeah. So when yeah. I'm trying to advertise, i just feeling selling for that. Yeah, for
2: that brand. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it was it's the same journey as anyone. You, you have to start the business. You're going to come up with a name. You're going to go on that journey, right? Come up with the name you want it to be, yeah. and then you need to go out and test the ingredients, look at the packaging, and, and get the ball rolling. There's quite a few things to do. But the payoff will be bigger in the end if you do create your own brand. And it will be the other way around, right? Again, that's like we can help you with the specifics of that. But you know, the starting blocks are your own website, your own domains, your own brand name. Let's get that kind of stuff done. You know, actually get a vision for what we want the product to be like, what we want it to do. Think about who will buy that product, who's your target market, so we can build a product that's gonna resonate with people. And then we go out
1: and build the product. I was just going to ask you
2: um, how you enjoyed doing Rich House Ball House. <laughs> you <do that? laughs> Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. We had a really good time. I actually spoke to the producers yesterday, and I'm filming a follow-up show to it in four weeks. So we're actually going to go, and we're going to see the Kiptoos business. We're going to show the kitchen. There's going to be a party in her kitchen, and we're going to show the development of the business. So she's done really well. Yeah, I loved it, actually. I really enjoyed the filming. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed the filming process. I've done that before. I did a show a few years before called Million Pound Motors, which a lot of people don't know. And I was on Towie as well, actually. But I really enjoyed the process of this one much more because we were like all over the place. It was one minute, you he here. There's a lot of stuff filmed that you never saw, you know, and a, like a lot of stuff. It could have been like a long, 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 long episode, but it was good. It was fun. And she was lovely. And I think it was nice. You know, it was really rewarding.
1: When I first started my business, I kind of got a business partner. and got a bit stung with that. So now, when I'm looking to expand again, how is the best way to get people working with me and building the business without taking on a partner or giving away control of the business?
2: You know, obviously, I don't know the business, but any business to grow at some point, you're going to have to build a team. And I think this is one thing that a lot of people don't do because they get, they, they'd rather have a partner or they they want some safety and the rest of it. But for a business owner to succeed, you need to be a leader. And you need to lead people because you can't do everything by yourself. So you need to hire people, you need to bring the right people into work with you. Even if that starts off with VAs, even if it starts off with part-timers, you no, know, you have to bring people into the business, you have to show them how you want things done and build it up.
1: When you do do that, build a culture yeah. that's firm and strong, a culture that's understood in your business and make sure you set standards that people can operate at. Yeah. you might have already answered this, but for me, I'm in a slightly different position to a lot of people here in that I'm probably a lot further back in the process. So,
2: By the way, everyone thinks that. How many of you thought that today? Raise your hands, honestly. <laughs> it's like everybody thinks that. So, no, you're not, but carry on.
1: How do I stop procrastinating and step out of my safety zone, which is the fact that I work full-time in a profession which pays well, so there's a bit of...
2: What do you want to do, my dear? What's your goal?
1: Um, I want to get into property development um, and build a property portfolio um, um, and progress that and then I work alongside um, in travel as well.
2: Sometimes we have these stories that we tell ourselves and we come up with the same words and the same things, like. oh, I'm really bad at procrastinating. I've got a well-paid job, so I don't want to leave. And what you're doing is you're stacking your story. So instead of just having one reason as to why we can't do the same, we're going, right, that reason, let's have this reason as well on top and this reason and this reason and this reason and this reason and this reason. And the reason we're stacking the story is because we know that we're really afraid to make that leap, all right? And if we just have one reason, we can probably overcome it. So instead of us overcoming it, what we do is we come up with another reason and another reason and another reason and another reason. And now it's like, well, I can't possibly because it have got all these reasons, right? have got loads. And that's called like stacking the story. How many of you have ever done that before? <laughs> okay. A few of you might have, right? So I, I, we need to go work on that and see where that's coming from. And it's probably deeper work. It is actually deeper work. You get into it and you say, right, okay, well, why do we feel like this? Like, what is it if we go back? Why do we actually feel that this is something that we keep coming up with? Or why do we keep getting here? Because we've got to change the pattern, right? Because a lot of us will have patterns of things that we do. So I would suggest that what I would say is a real good thing for you. But the other thing I will say is like become now aware and start asking yourself a question back. Say, what does that really mean? Like, What does it really mean? Ask yourself that question. When you say I'm procrastinating, what does that really mean? And you ask yourself the question, write it down and start to like, Try and understand what you're doing there because I think this is one of the worst positions to be in, if I'm honest. Not in a bad way. I hope. But I'm just trying to help. Okay. Is the worst position to be in is burning desire to do more and succeed. Loads of reasons why you can't do it. Like I can't think of anywhere worse than being there because then you never go. Do you understand what I mean? Just about, it's like you, you want it. You want it bad, but you're not going to do it. Okay, you want it, but you want it bad, but no, nah, I'm not going to do
1: it. All well, you know, that lady's a lady's out, good lady's day. Yeah. She said, I'll been waiting for a limb.
2: Yeah, exactly. Time flies. My question was um, similar to the lady
1: that just spoke, and I feel that the reason why I, I can't, oh, well, I feel I cannot take that step is because of all the bills. It'll be going straight from having income to pay all my bills, etc. almost like a comfort being in a comfortable position to pay all my bills, etc., and just going to so the
2: answer to your question is because that's a genuine concern, a genuine fear. Is I think that remember where does all we all start? All business starts, all growth starts by you working on you, working on the mindset, right? So you do one or two things: you can work on your mindset, okay, or you say, right, it's not possible for me to leave my full time job, but I presume you want to make some more money. Is that the right presumption? Yeah. So then we go and start a side hustle that we can work around our job and we start earning money on that side hustle and then if the side hustle overtakes the job then we can leave the job and just do the side hustle. All right, that's the other way. Makes sense? So if you need a side hustle you can build around.
1: I'll ask you one thing. If things remain the same a year from now how would you feel? I feel really bad because I'd really like to leave my job.
2: Okay, okay well that's different. That's a good question. <laughs>
1: and that's what we've got to tap into. That sometimes we're motivated by going towards something or away from. That pain you're going to feel if you don't make the change now, if you don't take the action now, if you don't embrace the opportunity, you're going to feel that pain a lot more in a year's time. I promise you now about the help and support. I appreciate that every day is different, but just looking at those turbo tasks that you talked about, do you include in that your three hours of marketing?
2: The three tasks that Ross is talking about is the three things that you must do that day, right? Now, if I really feel like marketing is a must that day, that would include the marketing stuff. If it's not a must that day, if it's not, say, so I had a webinar I got to market, it might go in because I had to do it. So I had an event I had to market, it might go in because I had to do it, right? But if I didn't have something like that on, it might be something else. It might be financial. It might be contacting my accountant. It might be something to do with his filming or whatever. Whatever it is, it's the three most important things, all right? But every single day, you've got three things. That are like right. If I do these three things, no matter what else happens, if I do these three things, I can class this day as successful. That's the way you, you write them. But
1: every day I seem to have like
2: 15 of those things. No, stuff. but then you got to say, out of these 15 things, what are the three things that if I did them, I would feel successful today? And then you get momentum. And when you've done those three things, you're like, oh, I'm powerful. And you do the other 12 anyway, <laughs> right? It's all about psychology. That's what I'm trying to say. So it's yeah. not Right. So that, is that you will burn through things when you learn to get those three things now. Then you just be like, right, I'm unstoppable. What you need to do is learn to keep your word to yourself, right? That's what I'm trying to teach you there. It's like, right, I keep my word to myself. I say I'm going to do this. You can 100% be assured I'm going to do it, always. But I say i do saying I do it, right? And that's like, if I don't, I'd apologize for it or whatever, but I will always, if I do it, I'm going to do it. I hold myself accountable. And that's about teaching yourself, like, right, these three things I'm going to do. And then the other 12 are not a problem. And you said, so not in that And if you don't even think they're important, what we'll don't worry about it. Do you understand? It's your PA mentality of, I have to get every single job complete because otherwise my boss can tell me off. You ain't got a boss anymore. You're the boss. Yeah. So there you go, right? Okay. My oh, man. In regards to coaching, where'd be the best place to focus your energy on uh, generating leads? Okay. Is that what you do? It's uh, something I'm looking into to kind of, as an off-brand from what I do to just to generate. Okay. What would you coach people on? around the self-publishing process. Okay, cool. You can know help you with that. I'll tell you, one of the most successful people, or speaker I've worked with quite a lot on that. Again, you've got to look at either maybe webinar. We use webinars. We use free events. That's how we market the business. Or we have the you know natural marketing, so you'd be looking at webinars. Or you could just look at simple lead gen and call in the leads. Really simple Facebook ad out. Are you? Look, let me just ask you a question to everyone in this room. This is just, How many of you, whenever you're thinking it, how many of you would love to write a book or you feel like you've got a book in you at some point in your life? Raise your hands and look around. So every fucking hand is raised, right? Virtually everyone. Right, why? Because it's a good hook, man. Right, we hope you made a lot of money with that.
1: Uh, what I wanted to ask was we we got in my coaching. Would my clients be anyone who wanted to any help and
2: guidance to overcome
1: their problems? And that will cover a, a wide, big spectrum.
2: I think it's a good thing for you. I think it's a good angle, to be honest being that what I know and what you've told me about your life and your, the way things are, I think it's probably a good thing for you to help people with. So what's the question around it? You're trying to figure out who you can help, right? Is that what you're trying to figure out who your client is? Yeah, the
1: client, yeah. Okay. okay.
2: All right. What you need to do is the same for any of you. If you're the startup, you need to say, you need to draw a circle and you say, right, who is the person that I can help? Like, who can you make a difference to? That's the question. All right. Who can you make a difference to? So if I ask my question, it's like, right, you wanna start a business, you wanna make money, I can help you. That's it. That's who I help. I help people to grow businesses, scale businesses and make money. That's what I do. That's my specialism, that's my expertise. If you want to do meditation or and, and you wanna like become really great at meditation and things like that, then that name me. All right? Do you understand what I mean? So I know who I am, I know who I'm not. I know who I help, I know who I don't. All right. So you just gotta understand that. It's like, what is it about you? Who can you help? Like, what have you got in you that could help someone else? And then you go and target those people. Okay, so it's
1: a personal one. What are the three things you value most in your business? The clients,
2: number one. And also, I like our success story clients as well, like they really value their growth, their journey. Like, so there's only so much time you can invest in because we see thousands of people, right? But when somebody goes further with us and we work with them, we get really deep with them. We work a lot deeper with them. So I love that. I like seeing people like you grow and the other people that you've met that you've seen grow. I love seeing them grow. So I value that a lot.
1: I would say the family aspect. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I, I value the fact that I think it's a wonderful community. Like, I, I love the fact that you're only really one person away from a result. Or, like, say that you have got this idea and now you're in the community and you're like, okay, well, somebody else had that idea. They've been through that as well. And then all of a sudden you get your answer because they've already done it. So you've got all these people on these different journeys and those kind of synergies working together makes something so much easier. So I love that. I love the community. I love our clients that we work with really closely. I love that. I love everyone, but I love that.
1: So um, like you said, when you have that deep relationship with people, we understand people a like lot more, we understand the business model, we can see the strategy. And yeah, we that fast forward. We have mentors who are stronger together. Yeah, yeah. The stronger together is about the community. Mm. family aspect, you know, having us to realize that sometimes the people you've got in your life are the biggest supporters for you, which I have. We've all realized that today. So it's about bringing people together that have the same attitudes. Want to get the success that they want. Your success my success, your success my success. So it's about you understanding success, us helping you to achieve that. So, stronger together is one of our mantras. Yeah? Stronger together is one of our mantras. And the reality is, is that when you are surrounded with these people, you know, it's about of you've got, first part, you've got the first part of the success part, the DNA. You know, when you've got everyone there cheering for you, yeah. in for you supporting you, you know you're not alone in that exact moment. So what Arthur Ross
2: has just said that, the third one, is I value the work. I actually value doing the work with the people. Like I, I really do. I like the, I like what it does is it brings the best out in me because when I've got to create something to help someone it really does. It allows me to become more knowledgeable because I can go into myself and find an answer for somebody else that I wouldn't find for myself, but I'd find it for someone else. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I mean? So I like, I like that as well. Good question. What's
1: the main point to focus on when you want to launch, like, myself t T-shirt
2: business? Right. I'm going to run this T-shirt model through the business, right? Have I Do I think it will work? Have I got the right mindset? Can I go and do it? Okay. What money am I going to put into it? What support do I need? What do I need to do? How am I going to market it? How are we going to sell them? And then we run it through the process. That makes sense, right? How many of you are right at the beginning? You're really early. Raise your hand so it's nice and high so I can see. Okay, so there's quite a few of us right at the beginning. So those of you right at the beginning, right, you've got to sell something. Okay, let's write that down. You have to sell something. What I mean by that is, you know, you go out, you do a T-shirt design, and you sell it. Now you've just given birth to a business. That baby's just literally just come out, right? That's when it happens. That's when the magic happens, right? When you actually sell, and you get that done. Don't let that idea. Don't be pregnant with your idea for twenty years. All right, we need to get that baby out. The way do we get that baby out is we find somebody that wants to buy, and we sell. Okay.
1: Right, I was going to go
2: right. Christian, I want to start offering uh, customers credit. The truth is, if I'm the only person that's offering the credit.
1: I'd actually be charging more than three grand, couldn't I? Because if you've got bed bugs, you'd want to get rid of them
2: bed bugs. With our products and services, we offer credit, okay? So you can do it on finance, and that is called retail finance. Now, it's a really important thing, and a business can gain a lot of growth from offering finance options, right? A lot of growth from offering finance options because you get the money up front, you pay a fee. So let's say, for example, our gold circles, 15 grand, right, or 16 grand, whatever. When someone buys that product, okay, if they finance it, they can spread it over a period of time. Now, depending on how many years you spread it over or how long you spread it over, we get charged a percentage, right? So we get we might get charged 10%. We might get charged, if it's a longer period, we might get charged 15%. For, but that allows that customer to buy that product in a much easier way so they can split the payments up and it's easier for them. So we get the benefit of that, but we pay in order to do that so they can get, they pay no interest. So, they get 0% and we have to pay that interest to the finance company. Now, that's called retail finance. So that's what I'm answering. It's called consumer finance. So, write that down. All right. Okay. Consumer finance. And you need to just go out and see which consumer finance companies work in your market. And you will find that out of... So, for example, we have Klarna. Okay. For, and they do up to a certain amount. We have Divide Buy, which is another one. And they do a wide range of products. And we have Duology which do a more expensive product. So, we've got three consumer finance companies. Now, with some of those, you have to have a multi-million pound turnover just to be – So that's otherwise, you can't get them, right? So, that is one issue. But with some of them, like divide by, I don't think you do. So, you might be able to get one of them on. You just have to do a bit of research. You have to go and speak to the people. I'll tell you what, it could be a game changer for a business. I think it could be for us. Because if you can't afford £1,000, you can't afford £2,500. No. But if the guy offered £1,000, yeah. you does to do credit. This is the reality, right? It's like, if someone's got bed bugs, and yeah, exactly. That's what I mean, they're going to pay. But yeah, it is a good option for people that maybe can't afford it. OK? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, give yourselves a big round of applause.